Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got a great story of getting a Karen pulled over. But first, a story from Live Better with Birds. Want me to drill in style? Gladly. Overheard this delicious malicious compliance story on the train. Four friends sat facing each other. I was in the seat across the aisle. They seemed to be having a great time sharing stories and laughs. I couldn't really not hear what they said. One guy works for a company where he did a lot of handiwork, but also had to be in the office every now and then for paperwork and client calls. One day, they had a new co-worker, a young woman, who joined the company as an apprentice. In my country, you're between 16 and 19 years old when you start your apprenticeship, usually. Soon after she joined, some of his co-workers complained about her outfits. Crop tops, short shorts, lots of cleavage, etc. So, their boss implemented a dress code, suit for men, long pants or over-knee shirts with a button-up blouse, for women. The guy thought the suit rule wouldn't apply to him, as he frequently had to go out to clients and do some handy or construction work. He said something about drilling, this part's difficult to translate, and came to work in his regular jeans and work shirt outfit. His boss didn't like that his new rule wasn't being followed by everyone and gave him a warning. At this point, the story came to a halt because the guy started laughing in anticipation of what he was about to say. Apparently, he wore his wedding suit to the construction sites he had to visit doing his work until a client complained about work safety. He was allowed to wear workwear again, but still had to put on a jacket when in the office. Dude, if you're reading this, sorry for stealing your story, but I'm sure you looked great drilling in a three-piece suit. If you worked in a job where you had to get your hands dirty like this, and your boss saying, no, you have to dress up looking nice, would you have fun playing dress up wearing that three-piece suit out to do drilling work? Or would it just be super annoying and something you'd want to complain about? Let me know what side of the fence you would fall on in the comments down below. Our next story is from Moonbat Lives. Neighbor sold us land claim two feet over the fence line he installed. I respond with state eviction protocol. So we purchased five and a half acres of agricultural land three years ago. The seller cut it out of his parcel and erected a fence himself to mark out what was his and ours. He left a two foot sliver of land that borders our property to the east in case You know, he wanted to leave his property by walking well out of his way and taking our dirt road all the way around our property just to go back to his main gate. In our defense, when we purchased the land, we were clear that we were commercial beekeepers and we had about a thousand hives that would come on and off the property for maintenance. He had no issues with this, so he said, We've been operating off the property for a year, and thus far we've had the sheriff, USDA, state agriculture, and everyone but the ASPCA show up on our property due to him filing complaints that we keep bees. He even went as far as to call the police and tell them we were squatters who dumped hives on his property, using old paperwork from when he owned the land. He even called me at 10 p.m. on New Year's Eve because there was a bee near his daughter's door and I needed to come catch it. 
I should also add that we are city folk with no respect for locals, despite the fact that we own land, a home, and employ locals. Now that the scene's set, we come to this last Sunday. 8am, he shows up at our property yelling and screaming because he claims that two feet inside the fence that he put up belongs to him. He'd apparently come on the property a couple months ago and marked it off with old, rusted pieces of metal stakes. Between the workers and the mowing, several of them were knocked out, and he was calling the police to report the theft. Furthermore, there was some debris that was placed within the two feet of claimed land that needed to be moved immediately. Let me remind you, there is zero way of using those two feet, as it's a border other than planting petunias. It's been there for two days, and the dump truck's coming to take away all the construction debris in the coming days. Our forklift was out doing work, as we're a functioning farm, and while all this was ridiculous, we let him know that it would be moved the next day when the forklift was back. Fast forward to the next day, and my farmhand is driving the forklift onto the property to move the debris. Some planks of wood and siding, when out pops jerk neighbor screaming at the poor kid. They call me, and he starts screaming at me using some misogynistic trigger words going on about his two feet of useless property. I mean, it's literally two feet from the next neighbor's property line. So now for some malicious compliance. I told the farmhand that by state law, he has to give an occupant of the two feet of property 30 days notice before legal eviction can happen. So he was to leave the debris right where it was for 29 days, and when he did move it, to use a ruler and leave it one millimeter off the line. So there's my malicious compliance for the day. In general, this whole situation just kind of stinks. Imagine buying a place and settling down and you're like, thinking this is the perfect place for your bee farm, and all of a sudden you find out this is one of those nightmare neighbors that's going to call every possible authority on you, is going to try to get you kicked out, or is going to try to annoy you enough to the point where you're just going to want to leave. It's nice to throw a little bit back in their face and leave that stuff there for 29 days, and then move it just slightly off the property. I'd also look into getting a land survey, just to make sure you know exactly the property line boundaries. Our next story is from Ancient Educator 76. This needs to be addressed immediately. Time to invoke the restaurateur's dumb butt clause. Every drive through operator's had to deal with the occasional rando walking directly up to our window, as if they're exempt from the laws of physics. Impervious to the blunt force trauma they may incur by standing where people drive, these people are usually down on their luckers wanting food, or truck, RC, or bus drivers. All people I try to help when I can, or even more rarely, customers who wish to complain to us about their order, and the lobby's closed already. No matter who or what, it always scares the living crap out of us. Mainly due to the fact that everyone who does do this seems to think it's a good idea to pop in from the side, like a dopey-faced jack-in-the-box. This excerpt is from the latter type of patron with said behavior. Jerk in the box pops in the very second we finish a big rush. I would have been happy that he didn't break up a line of cars if he wasn't such a butt tart. He has his receipt, waving it with his bug-eyed expression, one that indicated he wasn't going anywhere anytime soon. Looks like I'm engaging. I start off with my necessary spiel of, Sir, for your safety, you can't stand in the drive through He completely ignores that statement as he points out quite agitatedly that he could have died, gone into anaphylactic shock because he's allergic to bacon. We look at the half-mingled burger he brought to us, looked at the receipt. It said exactly what he ordered and exactly what I typed in. Junior cheeseburger. 
The burger had bacon. Okay, we messed up. We admitted to messing up. And management was planning on refunding plus making a new burger. Enough said, right? Wrong. He got super Karen, whipped out his cell phone to record my face from inches away. I did not handle this part well, but it's more of a today I messed up moment and demanded that we do something additionally, saying, this needs to be addressed immediately. Weird, we were already addressing it, right? So I guess this is the jerked in the boxes catchphrase because he kept yelling it louder and more repeatedly. This needs to be addressed. This needs to be addressed. Enter malicious compliance. Time to address this. My awesome shift supervisor quotes, like he's been waiting to say this for years, what he refers to as the Arizona dumb butt clause. I'm pretty sure it's real, just like the stupid motorist rule. And it goes a little something like this. Hit it. Look, the law says that if you, you, the patron, you, he was pointing in the most rhythmically satisfying way, make a purchase at any restaurant and you have a life-threatening dietary issue, then you are responsible for inspecting your food prior to consumption. You. We were trying to be nice. NOP told you the names of everybody involved are on your receipt, thus making your yelling and ranting pointless. Consider your needs addressed. Here's your burger. Check it just in case. Then the drive through doors closed just as quickly as they opened. No refund. Malachi is the best shift manager ever. Honestly, if I'm going to work in a fast food place, at least I'd be happy knowing that I got a manager that's got my back like that. When a crazy irate customer comes storming in, at least I know they're going to handle it well. Our next story is from an anonymous poster, Freak My Company. Long story short, I'm a salesman who was demoted in a bad way after taking parental leave for the birth of my first child. Prior to my demotion, I was in the top five salespersons in all of North America, so I'm no slouch. Since I came back from my leave, I've been doing the bare minimum at work until I get a new job. Due to the metrics at my work, the bar is very low for this. Essentially, call a handful of people every day. Of course, there's a few more metrics that are sales related, but because of the nature of the sales, we typically get within 10-20% to of our sales goals without even trying, and no one's ever been fired to my knowledge for not hitting their sales goals. The goals are aggressive to foster ambition. Anyway, I have a weekly meeting with my manager, and he's a total poophead. Freak that guy is the short version. Pretty much every week I sit around and listen to him tell me both in tone and literally that he's disappointed with me and that my performance is very subpar. It'd be awkward if I gave a crap. This week, he asked me what I spend my time doing all day. I said calling people. He asked how many emails do I send. And I said, well, they don't count towards our contact metrics, so I don't count them. I only send emails as follow-ups to calls. To which he gave me a spiel about needing to send emails to make sales to get my numbers up. Again, I have to refer you to the last few words of the last sentence of the last paragraph. Later in the conversation, he asked if my poor performance was something I could turn around. I said, I could. Not I will and not I'll try, but I could. AKA, I was 200% to goal last year, highest in company history. Yeah, I can hit my freaking number if I wanted to. I just don't. So then he asks, how are you going to do that? I say, send emails? Takes a bow. Malicious Compliance 101. 
You know, this story takes place probably in the good old USA because somehow they were able to demote OP for taking parental leave. God bless. And our final story of the day is by Fmintar1. Kavina Karen wants to use the shoulder lane to escape traffic. I dared her. This happened just a few hours ago. I was driving a semi on a highway when the traffic suddenly became bumper to bumper on a two lane due to an accident a couple miles ahead. Everyone was creeping and I was at the right lane. Suddenly I saw a regular vehicle, not even an emergency vehicle, on my right side, shoulder lane, passing me. There's not even an exit nearby. I was like, heck to the no, and as soon as I saw a couple vehicles behind me trying to do the same thing, I immediately blocked them by going slightly to the shoulder, so I'm occupying two lanes. I got a few honks, but I couldn't care less. If I'm suffering in a traffic jam, everyone should too as well. Shoulder isn't for passing. As long as I didn't see any flashing lights behind me, I'm not opening that shoulder. We're crawling anyway. After a few hundred feet ahead, I saw an idle police cruiser on the shoulder up ahead. Figured that nobody would dare use the shoulder anymore. I merged back to my lane. Turns out I was right. The shoulder became empty all of a sudden, but that's not the end. While I was chilling, still creeping along, I heard a very annoying and repetitive honk on my left side. I looked and I saw this lady with huge sunglasses, ponytail, bending down on her seat looking at me, yelling something, looking outraged. I rolled down and this is the following conversation. Karen says, you know you're blocking two lanes, right? Me in confusion said, huh? She says, I was behind you on the right lane and you wouldn't move. I honked and you didn't care. I say, that's a shoulder, you're not supposed to drive on the shoulder. She says, that's a lane, you're allowed to drive there. While she's still yelling incoherently, we're still slowly moving. Then I remembered there's an idle police cruiser on the shoulder that I saw a while back that we didn't pass yet. I'm sure everyone knows by now. Malicious compliance initiated. I reduce my speed even more so Karen's faster than me by a little bit on the left lane. Then I dare her by giving her the signal that she can pass me to use the shoulder. She aggressively took it, cut in front of me, and immediately went to the shoulder. However, what Karen didn't know was that the cruiser is already around the corner. I was driving a semi, so my field of vision is much higher and wider than everyone else. Karen was driving a sedan. Her field of vision was much lower and limited. What I didn't take account for was how aggressive Karen was driving. She cut the corner so quick without looking and ended up hitting the cruiser. It was so abrupt that I could hear the crash pretty loudly. I can also tell that the driver in front of me is gasping in shock as well. I've never seen an officer get out of the cruiser so fast before. This dude practically jumped out of the cruiser in less than a second. Then this is what I witnessed and heard when I'm creeping slowly with the traffic. Not wanting to miss anything, I roll down my passenger window. The officer yells, get out of the vehicle. Karen's still inside the car, full fluster mode. Get out now. Karen finally gets out and literally word per word says, But I wasn't at fault. You were stopping on a lane. The officer yells, This is a shoulder for emergency, not for your convenience to escape a traffic jam. Karen says, But... Incoherent sob story as I drove away from the scene. I couldn't hear what's going on anymore, but I kept watching my front as well as the side mirror. Judging from her body movement, she was indeed panicking while pointing at my truck. Don't know why. Then, before the scene disappeared from my mirror, the last thing I saw was the officer pulled out his handcuffs and cuffed Karen. 
Surprisingly, she complied without causing any more scenes. Then I continued to drive into the sunset. Honestly, this is 4D chess, and I feel like sitting in that situation, it would be very tempting to try and see if it could happen. Just let up on the gas a little bit, see if they're gonna cut in. This Karen's irate, so they would probably love to just get right in front of you like that. Let them just totally make a fool of themselves, and they did. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.